Welcome to the Monday edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. I am Kevin Cole. I'm joined as always on Mondays by Ben Brown. Ben, we had a, I mean, I'm not going to say it was a great week 15, Sunday on week 15, but we had a lot of teams that were supposed to win, win, and one team in particular that wasn't supposed to win, uh, even according to its own fans, uh, won which is now sending potentially Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. What, what was your, what was your takeaway on that? I guess we have to get, we have to get rid of this uh, teams are tanking thing or the right. players, the coaches are tanking at least. At least I know it was, uh, you know, the jets being the jets at this point in time. I don't know. The thing is the, my key takeaway was like the NFC West didn't really look that great. I mean, the Seahawks didn't cover against Washington. The Cardinals did, you know, they did win and did cover against the Eagles, but I don't really think they looked, I guess, you know, Kyler Murray kind of got back and forth a little bit in that matchup. But other than that, I don't know. The NFC West went from kind of being this, like, you know, the, the division that we all kind of looked up to, to the point where it's like, we don't even know who's going to win. We don't even know who's really that good still at this point in time in the NFC West. So I don't know. That was my main takeaway, but the Rams definitely disappointing. Jared Goff, everyone, I don't know. It was just, it was a weird game. I was kind of flipping back and forth between that game and the chiefs saints game and the Eagles Cardinals game. Cause I did have some, you know, action on that one in particular. So it was probably like the least of the three, afternoon slate games that I watched so far at this point in time. So I don't know. I didn't have too many takeaways at this point, but I do think that uh, Trevor Lawrence looks much better in the Jacksonville colors than he will in the Jets at this point in time. So what what do you think about this? You know, there's always talk about him sitting out if he was to pick up the Jets because people have these takes. They think like franchises stay the same way forever as opposed to like a good quarterback, a good coach comes in and things completely change. Now, if you were like legitimately going to say, I don't want to play for this team, um, I think from a larger macro perspective, the Jaguars might be near the top of that list. I mean, they're just not a well-established franchise. They're literally playing games in London. Like there's like, yeah. like they're, they're like set up Asking to potentially, to, yeah. potentially like move to London or do something just because there are, they're almost the, uh, on that lower rung. So, I mean, not that Lawrence would do this, but I, I could feel, I feel like a holdout, you must trade, I'm going to force you to trade me move would actually be more likely for Jacksonville than it would be to come to the Jets and play in New York City. Yeah, I mean, definitely like the big market aspect in the New York is obviously very enticing for anybody at this point in time, being able to say you kind of turned around that Jets organization. I do kind of agree with you on like the New York versus Jacksonville take. I don't know. I don't think I'm assuming that Trevor Lawrence would just go back for another year. Him and Dabo Sweeney have some sort of uh, interesting connection, I guess I will say at this point in time. So maybe he goes back for one more year. Who knows for sure? Uh, Justin Fields, I do, you know, basically before the season, we kind of had him based neck and neck with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think he maybe hasn't shown as much as we would expect at this point in time. So I do think coming out of this year, we will have Trevor Lawrence uh, as the number one overall prospect. But I do think that that decision is still probably going to 
come down to these next two college football playoff games at this point in time. So I don't know. I would be shocked if both of them or either of them uh, kind of decided to go back and play another year of college football. So we'll see if that actually happens. But there are, you know, a lot more intriguing prospects down below these guys as well. So this is a pretty deep quarterback class. But I want to take it back um, basically to last year at this point in time. Uh, one guy that was drafted basically in the second round. So, you know, almost all the NFL teams had a chance at him. Jalen Hurts starting the second game against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what are you making of him in your evaluation after these two games at this point in time? Obviously, it's a small sample size, but are you buying into the Jalen Hurts love or what? I mean, uh, Doug Peterson is not even necessarily announcing him as the starter uh, after the game. You on Sunday. Watch the tape. Sure, we'll you watch yeah, the we tape. have to watch the tape. Got to watch the Always. tape. So we'll see. But what are you making of Jalen Hurts at this point in time? Yeah, I mean, so I'll say a couple of things. Number one. I didn't think he was super impressive last week throwing the ball, but obviously he unlocked the running game, either himself or Miles Sanders. So that was good. And I also wasn't sure if I was grading him on a curve, thinking that he looked good. For instance, there'd be a play where if a a blitzer came free, he would just roll out and throw the ball away. And having suffering, you know, Carson Wentz PTSD, I would see that as some sort of great football move. (laughs) Where in reality, it's just like a normal quarterback sort of move. But Number one, I thought today he looked a lot better. I mean, he wasn't fantastic, but he still, you know, put up 338 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, again, he ran for 63 yards and another touchdown. He took a lot of sacks this time, which he didn't take any last time. So I was, that was a little bit disappointing. But from, from what I saw, I thought he looked really strong. And then another point is that Saints defense. I mean, before giving up a touchdown, I think it was in the fourth quarter against the Falcons the, the week before they played Jalen Hurts, they had gone 42 straight possessions uh, from their opponents without giving up a touchdown. I mean, that's, that's a long time. And we saw what they did today against Mahomes. They were very, very tough. I mean, this was the toughest defense right. that I think I've, I've ever seen Mahomes have to play against. I thought he played pretty well against them. Um, so the, I'm also thinking about that when I'm looking back to how Jalen Hurts played last week. So I think they definitely have something. You don't want to overreact to a small sample, but Hertz is looking like he could be the real deal. And we're also we're hearing some stuff about Wentz maybe wanting to, you know, fly the coop there. Uh, and if that ends up being the case, who knows? He could be the starter for 2021 for the Eagles. Yeah, I don't, at this point in time, I would be shocked if he wasn't the starter for 2021. But um, he's definitely shown me enough. He was a guy that I was higher on, um, you know, after the draft, I think the Eagles are kind of a perfect fit for him. I know you wrote the article on it, um, kind of saying that there was a great draft pick. So I do feel a little bit vindicated, but I do agree with you. It's probably not the official time to start taking victory laps after only two games, but he has definitely shown me uh, probably more than I actually expected um, when he was announced to start here two weeks ago. So that's uh, been reassuring at this point in time. So let's move on. Let's get uh, maybe another question here. The AFC, I do think it's kind of um, looking, you know, pretty apparent who's at the top, the chiefs. I do think the Steelers are going to win tomorrow. So they'll be up there as well. The bills have been really hot here, but then we have this kind of um, conglomerate of teams basically in the next rung in the AFC. What one of the, teams basically between the Titans, Colts, Browns, Dolphins, Ravens. What one's going to be on the outside looking in at this point in time when we get down to the playoff race? Yeah, I mean, looking across what happened this week, so the Raiders lost, so that pretty much sends them them out. And the rest of the teams, you know, everyone won. So right. as long as everyone continues to win, those teams that are that are on the bubble, the teams that are going to suffer the most, of course, are those that are on the outside looking in currently, and that would be the Miami Dolphins. So as much as I, I like Tua, I like what they've done with the defense there, I do think 
that the Dolphins, just because of their positioning of where they are, are most likely to have issues. And they have the Buffalo Bills uh, in the final week of the season. Now, maybe there's some scenario. I haven't looked at all the different scenarios out there. Maybe there's some scenario where that'll be a meaningless game for the Bills. And if that's the case, uh, they can luck out that way. But going Raiders at Raiders at Bills seems like a difficult schedule. So, and they're really going to have to win both of those games to probably get in. Uh, so I'm just going to take the easy answer here and go with the dolphins. Yeah. I think I would definitely side with you on that. If I was, you know, wagering on it, I do think the Colts probably have the strongest second case. I think the Ravens schedule, basically they go giants next week, Bengals the following week. I think that's easy win out for the Ravens. So I do think they're going to get in dolphins. Kind of like you mentioned the bills in the final week could be a difficult spot for them. Uh, if you know, the bills aren't resting people, which I don't really see how they actually could but the Colts have the Steelers next week. Um, I do think that game is going to matter for the Steelers. So if, you know, the Colts lose, uh, we'll see what happens. It could get a little bit interesting here as we head down to the wire. And they have the, uh, they have the Jaguars. They have the Jaguars. <laughs> unmentionable Jaguars. No, I wasn't no. even going to bring it up. So <laughs> after saying that I don't believe in tanking, I do believe in week 17. Tanking. I Magic, do believe right. that it's possible that a team could tank if they have, if they know they lose in week 17 and, and they get the quarterback. I will say that, that, that that's one possibility. Right. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on that. So I do think the, the Colts basically one and one Ravens two and all Dolphins looking like they'll probably be a one and one, but I mean, the Raiders could get a little scrappy here next. As well, so I think Dolphins are the easy answer. Um, you know, if I was getting some decent money on, uh, you know, a decent price, I'd probably want to take the Colts just because I think I'd like to see the Dolphins in the playoffs at this point in time. But um, I do think that they're the most likely team to probably be sitting on the outskirts here coming up in two weeks. So we'll see what happens. Subscribe to PFF's elite annual subscription using promo code ACTION to receive a year of elite subscription access and one year of Action Pro subscription access for just $200. Action Pro is Action Network's premium subscription offering tailor-made to make avid and new betters better. This is a limited time offer that is currently only made available now through the Super Bowl, February 7th, 2020. This offer also only applies to first-time elite annual subscribers. Okay, well, one one thing I'll pose to you uh, to end this off, and I I alluded to the fact that Mahomes had a decent game against a tough defense. I think he made some signature plays today, but he was the favorite, although it had been narrowing with Aaron Rodgers in the MVP race. I guess you could, maybe if you want to talk about Josh Allen, you could talk about him. He's probably yeah. in, in third place right now, although a little bit separated. Um, so after what we saw, both teams won. Aaron Rodgers had a pretty... I would just say he had a bad performance, quite honestly. I think he averaged 2.8 net yards per attempt. He threw about 10 wide receiver screens and took sacks and didn't really do much with the ball, whereas everything was on Mahomes' shoulders, and he came through again at a tough matchup today. So is is the MVP race over? I know we have two weeks left. Mahomes was the favorite. It'll probably His odds will probably uh, you know, uh, shorten even more. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, I mean, I think he is. I think we've kind of, you know, agreed with it at some point. I think the only chance that I saw that he wouldn't win it if there was some sort of like uh, fatigue with him and the Chiefs already happening. I do think we'll probably see that narrative rise next year, but um, they're not going to lose to the Falcons next week. And they have the Chargers basically the week after that. So they're going to get the number one seed uh, pretty easily. And, you know, I do think the AFC is probably the better conference at this point in time. So I think that just from that factor, it's going to be really hard to make a case for anybody else. So at his really short odds that we're going to see here coming up on Monday, Tuesday, I do think that he's still probably uh, the best bet, even though you're probably not getting uh, too much value on your dollar 
Tyler at this point in time. Is there anybody else that you could possibly make a case for? I know you mentioned Josh Allen. That would probably be who I would stick at number two uh, based on the Bills' recent performance at this point. But um, I still think yeah. he's probably too far behind. Yeah, I think he's I think he's just too far behind, but I agree. I mean, I think Allen would have been better than Rodgers. It's funny because a lot of people are pointing to Rodgers' schedule down the stretch. I think he plays Detroit also. I don't have it right in front of me. And then the, you know, this game um against uh against the Panthers. But I was always a little worried about the fact if you were if you were gonna if you were gonna bet on him is the fact that no matter who he's playing, he's just more likely to have to throw up a stinker performance than than Mahomes is. And he did exactly that this week. So uh you know he, even if he, even if he puts together a couple of a strong strong games down the stretch, he's also trailing they're also trailing the Chiefs in the ever important QB wins um uh, <laughs> QB wins discussion and I think that'll probably come into play also. Yeah, All right well never, let's turn it to I'm sorry go ahead. No I was just gonna say I never knew how much QB wins mattered until I started looking at the MVP race but it is 100% <laughs> factor. So. It, it, it always always matters. You got it with the Z too. Um so let's <laughs> let's talk Monday night football. Um now this is a game if there ever is a game that you had to bet that, that you need you need something on this cuz this is not exactly a fair fight I would say. So we have uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Cincinnati, home of home of PFF, 14 point favorites for the Steelers, a 40 point total. Uh, so again, we're not, not a very high implied total there for the amount of points scored for what we're going to see for the Bengals. What, what's your feeling from, from a betting angle on this game? Yeah, I actually did like the Steelers a decent amount when they were at 13 and a half. Now we're seeing them at 14, even 14 and a half in certain spots. I don't really think they're necessarily playable at that number. Of course, 14 is kind of a, you know, somewhat of a key number. Obviously we don't see spreads this wide, but um, if I was backing anybody, I can't really back Ryan Finley and the Bengals at this point in time. So I don't know. I do kind of lean towards the over at 40. It is the lowest total of the weekend, but um, even if we need a defensive touchdown from the Steelers in order to get over, I do think that that's definitely a viable play, and I kind of think this could be a pretty decent get-right spot for Big Ben and the Steelers' offense. I do think that they're probably going to play the game from that perspective, you know, needing and hoping to see, you know, some semblance of offense at this point in time, because we have them ranked basically as the second-worst uh, offensive unit in the NFL, according to our opponent-adjusted grades. Uh, Bengals are, actually, the Bengals are the second-worst. Steelers are the third-worst. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, they're just, you know, could be a really, really ugly game. I do think there are some viable wagers, especially in the player prop market. But if I was looking at a game total, I'd probably still lean towards the Steelers. Even if, you know, especially if you get that number at 14 over 40, I do think it's probably playable as well. I mean, even if Ryan Finley's really bad, hopefully he creates some offensive opportunities and quick scores for the Steelers at this point in time. But how are you seeing this game from a showdown perspective? Is this a spot where maybe we're playing uh, two defenses in that flex spot? Or is this just <laughs> going to be, you know, 100% ownership on the Steelers defense at this point? Yeah, you know, it's funny because, yeah, I am projecting at least from at the captain spot for the Steelers defense to be in the double digits, which is surprising yeah. for for a, de- for a defense. Um, everyone's going to get in on it. I mean, I don't really know Ryan Finley, Brandon Allen, whatever's going on. I mean, I guess I guess it's worse that, that Finley's in there, so it'll pile up even more there. So, so I don't really see value on them just because they're going to be so heavily owned. Uh, kickers, there might be a little bit of value here on oh. on uh, Boswell, assuming that he's he's back, and uh, and Randy Bullock, and then you know, as far as who you're going to play, I think James Connor is, is looking pretty good here just as someone who won't be that highly owned. The problem is whether or not he's going to get some of that goal line work that he end up ends up losing to Benny Snell sometimes. But I think, I think Connor's a guy where hopefully they can just ride him a bit in a game that should be somewhat easy. And lastly, Dante Johnson, 
assuming he can actually secure a catch every now and again, yeah. uh, he would be the guy that I would look for, assuming that people are cooling on him a bit with his recent struggles. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I do think that this is probably a really good spot for Deontay Johnson to bounce back. He is a guy that I don't mind, um, you know, on prize picks even as well, just to discuss that for a minute we do have him at 14.5 fantasy projections uh juju smith schuster at 15 i think this might be one of the first times in the last you know basically five weeks that juju smith schuster is actually at a higher fantasy projection than deontay johnson so i think there's a little bit of recency buy-ins playing into the fact that uh you know deontay johnson hasn't necessarily been able to catch a football here in the last couple of weeks but i do think they're going to see um you know a pretty heavy target volume for him. I do think they're going to try and get him involved early. And I do think that's going to be conducive to him being over. And I do think that, you know, some of these Steelers pass catchers could take a step back because of it. So I kind of like uh, fading chase Claypool under 3.5 receptions. He's kind of had this weird trajectory. I do think is basically, um, total number of routes run the last two weeks have basically been where he was at the first two weeks of the season. So his usage has just been kind of, you know, inconsistent, even late. I do. He did get a number of targets last week, but I think that was kind of reflective of the fact that Deontay Johnson was sitting on the bench on the sideline um, because of those drops. So I think if he, you know, gets back to full run, I do think that chase Claypool is probably going to take a backseat. So that's the spot that I definitely like, cause they're going to be um, any Steelers pass catching, you know, where, where do you, how do you see these target breakdowns happening here on Monday yeah, I mean, I think there it's been pretty evenly distributed, so I think right. that's probably going to continue to a degree. I mean, maybe Eric Ebron or someone like that can get involved. I was looking at uh, prizepicks.com, which you can get a matching bonus up to $100 with a deposit there uh, with promo code PFF. And, you know, I was looking at these guys here. I mean, the thing is, I just want to look at all of these receivers as if they're somewhat equal. I mean, Deontay Johnson has a projection of 14.5, Juju Smith-Schuster at 15 uh, Chase Claypool at 12 and Eric Ebron at nine and a half. So maybe I like, you know, I, again, I like Deontay Johnson at that number. I would take him at a, probably even a higher number than Juju Smith Schuster. So that's there. And then maybe, maybe Chase Claypool, although he's, he's been a little bit dormant since he was the next, you know, Megatron uh, a number of weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I'm fading uh, Chase in, you know, player prop action. I do like Deontay Johnson's over 14 and a half fantasy points. So I'd probably lean towards Juju Smith-Schuster under 15 fantasy points as well. I'm wondering about a guy like T Higgins, 10 fantasy points. Obviously things have completely changed for him. Uh, with no Joe, Joe Burrow, basically at quarterback. He's been a guy, he still has seen some uh, decent volume of targets but last week i think he had like a 3.0 averaged up the target uh, he's just really not seeing the high value target so if he doesn't get in the end zone i do kind of think that playing him under 10 fantasy points is definitely a viable play as well of course we have aj green down at seven and a half basically the same thing so i don't know there are some auxiliary pieces in that Bengals passing a game that i think are really going to struggle here on monday night and i would probably lean towards t higgins as being uh the prime person that i would project to really not have a great game here on Monday night, but we'll see if that comes into fruition. So do you have any final parting thoughts here, Kevin? Yeah. I mean, well, one other guy that I'll mention that I'm really, I was, I was going to say, I'm really interested to see I would, that, that would be a lie. I'm not really interested. I, I, I'm somewhat intrigued to see is what happens with Gio Bernard this week, since he was functioning as, you know, close to a workhorse type right. of type of back with Joe Mixon out. And then he fumbled to start the game last week and they pulled him for pretty much the entire rest of the game. So he only has an eight point projection here. Again, this is PPR uh, where Bernard should be involved. So, I'll, so he might be a guy that you could 
not have confidence in, but if, if he gets back to that sort of role, he'll bring you a pretty easy hit at a number like eight. Yeah, I definitely like those one. I actually was going to say, I do like Gio Bernard's over 12.5 receiving yards. I think this game could obviously get ugly. That's kind of what Vegas projects at this point in time. So we could see some decent garbage time production. Uh, Ryan Finley potentially, you know, dumping off a few targets, you know, once the game's well out of reach for Gio Bernard to get over 12 and a half receiving yards. I do think that fits in quite well uh, for his prize picks projection as well. So that's another spot. I do definitely agree with you, Kevin. Eight and a half feels like a little, or eight actually feels like a pretty low number uh, given his usage outside of last week at this point. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting Monday night slate. Uh, Like Kevin said, you definitely need to get some betting action down. Make sure you check out Green Line Player Props Tool. We got Kevin great uh, showdown articles coming up as well. If you want to get into some DFS action, we'll have some player props uh, written up as well. So, you know, we can always make it an enjoyable Monday night slate, even if the game isn't necessarily going to be as great as we would expect at this point in time. But we only got a few games left, a few weeks left in the season. So uh, we got to make the most of every opportunity that we get. So uh, from Ben, joined by Kevin Cole, this was the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.